Alright, well, hello and welcome to episode number 132 of the DC Comics News, Spinner Rack. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. My absolute pleasure to bring you my top 10 picks this time around from DC Comics. But for all of 2021, I know, I know, usually what we do, five books per week, that's the standard, that's the norm. However, 2021, like 2020, was mildly unpredictable. Like my little buddy Bruno, who you will hear snoring and God knows what other noise he'll make. (laughs) But you will get to enjoy them. And despite always thinking, hey, we can get every book every week of every year. This time around, around the middle of November, things picked up pace and there simply wasn't enough time. With that, it's my pleasure to bring you my top 10 books from 2021 from DC Comics. And it's going to go a little something like five picks, quick ad break, five more picks. End of show. Go enjoy the rest of your 2022. With that, my first choice is Swamp Thing. Man, Ram V has really done some amazing work in so many different types of books. And I'm curious to see just how much farther he can go. Um, His take on Swamp Thing of a new avatar who goes by the name of Levi and whose personal and professional history and how they both have so interestingly led him to his role as the avatar for the greed is quite a stunning development goes all the way back to that first issue with the amazing mike perkins on art mike spicer colors adichie car letters this book blew me away i mean it it really took a, a fresh look from a new perspective on swamp thing It presented so many of the similar ideas that we had already learned since Swamp Thing was first brought to life through the brilliance of Len Wein and given uh, greater complexity with Alan Moore and has, in the hands of so many great talents, become such a powerful example of how (laughs) what might seem like an unlikely character can be developed into something so intrinsic that it's hard to imagine a DC Comics universe without Swamp Thing. This new version of Swamp Thing created by um, Ram V and brought to life with his words, the art, the art, <laughs> the art by uh, Mike Perkins, it really created for me a new connection to Swamp Thing. It made him someone that wasn't so entrenched in one history or an established history. In fact, it took the idea of what if Alex's time has come and passed, but the avatar still, or the green, sorry, still requires an avatar. In this case, Levi is chosen, um, and it's a bit of an unconscious process at first. It's also very different in that it doesn't require his violent suffering and death in an environment rich with the green. Instead, it, it takes on a much more transitive approach. The idea of how he accesses the green and how he moves from a person like you or I, walking, living throughout their life, entering an unconscious state, like dreaming and then emerging from the ground and in a very painful set of experiences Swamp Thing is given a trial by fire a brutal trial by fire one that some would say makes him stronger some would say forges him and like metal forged into a weapon or something of specific use his role becomes more established with time um it certainly becomes something that that i was immediately attracted to and and drawn by simply because 
again, there's already been so much established about Swamp Thing. There's already so many ideas about who he is and what he's done and what are the most common associations with him, whether it's John Constantine, whether it's the idea of, well, the Floronic Man to uh, an unrequited love, choose your passion, but so much about um, Alec Holland was already known before he was taken on so many different roads and potentially lost again and again and again, either through death, either through sacrifice, either through cosmic mystery. I mean, that's kind of one of those things about heroes. They're not always just a, well, they're not always living a life that's like nine to five. They get up, they do the routine, they go to fight bad guys, and then they come home. It's it's much more chaotic. It's much more difficult. It comes at a great cost. And afterwards, there's still a world in need of these beings, in need of the powers that they can offer. And when that need arises, someone will be chosen. This was a really great example of what new can be done with what we already know about great characters and what we can already rely on and then explore. I thought it was a wonderful example of what the future can and hopefully will look like for uh, Swamp Thing. And I was absolutely mesmerized by every issue, and now I'm thrilled to hear that it's been extended from 10 issues to 16. I hope that's something you get a chance to enjoy, that you find similar experiences I did, and should you be in disagreement with me about my choices, well, I'd love to hear about that too. Nothing better than a great conversation that covers so many of the things we both like, the reasons why, and the different meanings that we can associate with them. Now, keeping with the Ram V tone, I'm going to move into my second choice for this top 10 list. And for that one, I decided to go with Catwoman. Quite phenomenal. Um, again, Ram V showing just how well-versed he is in telling a story in the world and the expectations that come with the world it's being told in. So in, in this case, I'd read Ram V from back when he had also done things like Justice League Dark, and he understood the, um, the mysticism and the mystery that go with magic and the rules. So it was that then I really enjoyed reading his Catwoman, because <laughs> Catwoman walks her own path. She's on a tightrope, and it is suspended between so many different worlds her choice where she wishes to sit down or if she chooses to simply traipse and traverse her way across but as with those rules in order to get what you want which when you're walking outside of those worlds and forging your own path it's what you want that's going to define uh, your goals your desires your actions now for Catwoman, Selena Kyle. This has taken on a new purpose as she has found her way back to Alleytown and in doing so, looked for an identity that is about her desires and wants separate from everything that had transpired previously with Batman, their relationship, uh, the many stages it has gone through, and this time for them to be apart their own goals, driving them forward, the choices they made in the past, uh, affecting any chances of them exploring something in the present and leaving possibility open to the future. Catwoman in Alleytown is a playmaker, a shot caller, a deal <laughs> breaker. She is someone who understands who the players are, what their pressure points are, how to manipulate them and how to establish her center in a place known as the nest, one that she came to when she was first on the streets looking for 
association, protection, and finding it there. And now turning around and offering that to her crew, an amazingly talented group who understand what the code is that she operates by, how she uses it to establish the way things are run in Alleytown, and how it is that she has brought them protections, support, and a better life than they had before her arrival. In this, she has soon learned during the, uh, well, <laughs> the complications that have arisen from things like the Joker War and Scarecrow, what it means to then turn around and fight for those things that she has helped develop, cultivated, and now feels responsible for. Because of that, we end up with an amazing story that is as much about the mind that can pull off the amazing heist to the same one that can move chess pieces with the confidence of a master, as well as the emotional toil that is always taken from her and asked of her. And while it has been said that Ramvi will soon be bringing his Catwoman run to a close, it has been a phenomenal year for Catwoman in 2021. It's one of the reasons why happy to celebrate this book, happy to point out the amazing talent that brought the story and words to life. I'm thinking of Fernando Blanco's art, Jordi Belair's colors, Tom Napolitano's letters, and what happens when you have a great team like that, building a great comic book, telling a great story, and bringing us fresh new stories about a character who thrills, delights, and makes having their own title something that, well, it's like someone pulling off a great heist. You want to keep rooting for him, even when you know there are so many risks at stake. But somehow, with nine lives, less or more, Catwoman, I believe, is here to stay. And I'm looking forward to seeing what new stories she will have to tell in 2022. I loved everything she did in 2021. And that's why it's been a thrill to go over some of those great experiences with you as I talk with you about Catwoman and the amazing story she has told us so far. So, keeping things moving into my third choice, man, for this one, I, I decided to go with the Joker. Joker has been getting a lot of attention lately. I mean, you can go back to uh, the three Jokers. You can pick any moment when you feel the Joker sort of solidified, either who he was or his importance in the eyes of comic book fans in the eyes of you specifically as a fan or in the eyes of the DC universe however you find yourself viewing the Joker what he has been able to accomplish recently as the big bad as the scary scary thing you just don't mess with it's been a thrill and it's been a joy and in the hands of great, amazingly talented writers, it can actually be one of those transformative experiences that reshapes what a character is or what they mean in your mind to you. Um, for this one, it's James Tynan who has really captured, I think, uh, a great sense of who the Joker is and also what he means to the characters around him who are sadly and for reasons they wish they had greater control over caught up in his evil caught up in the twisted ways that he loves to harm disfigure destroy when and where possible and simply at his own whims Jim Gordon at the beginning of the series is offered a a deal one in which he can exact vengeance on the one person who has caused the most tragedy and trauma in his life. Not only to him, but to his daughter Barbara, 
to his family as a whole, to the city that he's fought so hard to protect, and that the Joker is so very, very comfortable destroying without hesitation, with glee, with a, uh, a violent and just merciless will and a willingness to cross every line, to gleefully go beyond what everyone else might expect to be the norm, I guess would be one example. Savagery is, it's animalistic. It is below the level of human consciousness. It requires shutting off ideas like empathy, compassion. It also requires an ability to go beyond the reservations that would generally prevent a person from killing. And once tapped into, it can then be a series of guidelines or mile markers that indicate how much farther beyond that to the opposite of that, to the separation of human and animal until madness is the only path or result that the Joker is guided by. So his actions, his pursuits are as much about the chaos as the originality as the twisted sense of humor as well as how important is a moment to his legacy which constantly is defined by how much further he can go and the fear he creates for anyone who is in his crosshairs and prepared for what that might mean for them now, Jim Corden not only understands uh, what that toll is like, but he, through James Tynan, invites us to experience what it is like to then be offered the chance to give up on your own code, to no longer think in terms as an officer of the law, but to instead think of yourselves as a vengeful father, as a paid assassin, as, well... A vigilante, one of those things he has fought against all those times that he had to deal with Batman, supervillains, and everyone else who chose to put on a uniform and fight crime. They didn't always help him out. They sometimes got in the way. And he is now choosing that path based on what it means to find yourself outside of the rules, no longer afforded the comfort of them and now also free to break them in whatever degree, shape, or form you choose. Um, James Tynan's work is matched by the amazing Guillaume March. The art is phenomenal. I think it's a joy. Arif Prianto with the colors, Tom Napolitano with the letters, and what you end up with is an amazing book that I was curious what directions it would take and how it would pursue a story about the Joker. And instead of just following around, you know, a, an established mad person and watch him talk to the camera or maybe try and give some reason for the insanity that he is and that he causes, instead, we get to see who the Joker is through the eyes of those he's affected when they're given a chance to possibly bring an end to his madness. It's a phenomenal book. Great reason for me to make it my third choice here on this top 10 edition of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Now for my next choice, which is a really fun fifth selection. Um, actually, sorry, fourth selection. I have to go with uh, Teen Titans Academy. Man, this book, I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, I got a glimpse at it during the Future State Days, which was a lot of fun, and as well they should be. But um, what that started, it, it certainly only gave a glimpse at to uh, just how far this book could and would be going. And because of that, man, I was lucky enough to really stumble into something that took me by surprise, 
showed me a lot of great things I, I didn't even really know I was looking for. And because of that, I also really was blown away by just what it would look like to have the uh, Titans team starting an academy, taking on all of the challenges of training the next generation of heroes, some of them sidekicks, some of them just young people with amazing abilities, some who might have even had some criminal histories. And it's not like the Titans are perfect, right? I mean, <laughs> it's so much of their humanity and their flaws that makes them so much fun, so great. Tim Sheridan, the writer behind this series, understands this. And in his collaboration with Mike Norton is a wonderful match. Norton's art is phenomenal. It's great stuff. Um, it's matched with Tom uh, Dernick's Derenick's pencils, as well as uh, the amazing collaboration of Alex Sinclair and Jeremiah Skipper on the colors, Rob Lay with the letters. Within Titans, we have some really great versions of new characters. Um, everyone from Bolt, who is a sprinter who uses blades because she does not have uh, lower appendages. Um, We've got the trio of bat fans slash maybe associates. They're interesting. <laughs> um, we've got everyone from a, not quite a refugee from, but certainly someone who is missed in hell and who actually becomes an interesting guide and well, we'll see how much develops with this character in Shazam. And then we have uh, the mysterious appearance of Red X and this character who, oof. There's some history that's connected to Nightwing. There is a past that they thought had been closed up, put away for good. And instead, it's arisen and... The identity is still mysterious. It's been revealed to some characters, but still not known to the reader. And the chaos does not end there. It's extended into interactions with the Suicide Squad. And with that, really, it's been a pleasure to see how far Titans Academy has gone, is prepared to go, and has shown it is, I think, willing to go. And um, <laughs> all I would say is, if you aren't reading, give it a look. And if you are, like me, you know there's no way to prepare for what's in store next. That's my fifth choice for this week's episode. And with that, I am... Wait, no, that was my fourth choice. I can't do math very well. What can I say? My fifth choice, I am going with, well, another Tom King uh, example. And <laughs> I love this one because it, it takes what we think we know about who was once Supergirl. And we tell the story now of... Superwoman, um, a Supergirl who is, I think, growing out of the girl. And with that, she is showing us <laughs> how it is she is about to become the woman of tomorrow. And that story, that story right there, is quite a journey. Now, what I love about this journey is that it is helmed by Tom King, who yes, should receive a great deal of recognition for a lot of his other projects. But for this one, the, uh, the amazing art of uh, Bill Quisevli with uh, colors by uh, Mateus Lopez, uh, Clayton Cowles and the letters, a slew of covers and variant covers to enjoy, and this almost Western feel. Kara deciding she 
wants to go get drunk on her birthday, so she finds a planet with a red sun and has a great time celebrating. And then stumbles across a girl with a story of heartache, misery, and tragedy. And from that, we are then shown what it means to Supergirl to help this girl uh, get revenge, to seek out justice in whatever form it may take. Um, it gives us all the chance to see some interesting sides to Kara. And through that, we get these amazing worlds, this journey across the known and perhaps lesser-known galaxies, universes. Um, <laughs> there's trains, there's transports, she had a ship. And through it all, this hunt for a dastardly figure who leaves death and carnage in his wake and who Kara not only has her story told, but she has her story witnessed by her young traveling companion. And those moments of her storytelling through Tom King, quite masterful. The uh, Bill Kosevi art is phenomenal. It's gorgeous, and that is why I made that book my fifth book on this top 10 out of 10 list. Wonderful 5 out of 5 selection, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick ad break because there's stuff going on we want you to know about. We want to make sure you are able to be a part of it, and the last thing we want to do is somehow find a way to leave you out. So we're going to do this ad break catch you up on all the good stuff, bring you on back for my final five choices. Stay tuned. Hi everyone, I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast, here every week to talk everything DC, movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it, here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I Am The Night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. 
the DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Your discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you cuff. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you were a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. All right, and as promised, the ad break is over. I'm back. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. We are talking about the top 10 books of 2021, and we've already covered my first five and now it's time to get into my second selection of top five books for 2021 to uh start this one off i'm gonna go into the book known as rorschach um you know we just ended right before the break with a book by tom king about supergirl and woman of tomorrow well tom king was a busy boy this past year and another one of his books made it on my list for that one i chose to go with rorschach uh his writing tom king's that is not rorschach's tom king's writing is matched by jorge fornia's uh dave stewart's colors um sorry fornia's was the interior and cover artist uh, clayton cowles on the letters and a story about an assassination attempt on a political rival of Robert Redford, who has been president for quite some time now. The assassination is attempted by a girl dressed up in a cowgirl outfit and a man wearing the iconic outfit of Rorschach. He is not the Rorschach that we know from The Watchmen and Doomsday Clock and other books. However, he is the Rorschach. That is the spirit that that character created that drives revolutionaries, that drives counterculture investigators, reporters, and others to look around at the world in a different way. But that view can cause them to become 
weapons, tools, pawns in the hands or the schemings of powerful figures. And this is a story of a plan that was put in place, the players involved, the detective mystery of unraveling their lives until the threads are clear enough that seeing how they came from a significant point to the time when they died not only can be established, but through the details following those lines can be understood. Now, understanding is not a guarantee. It's not always the outcome, but it's part of the process to unlocking what are the details behind the actions of the people who are no longer alive to explain them, what evidence did they leave behind to shed light on who they were, what they were doing, and why they were doing it. And then finally, to use that to come to a conclusion about whether or not this was an isolated event, whether those responsible who uh, are alive and can still be held responsible, or if this is one of those moments where, after all that understanding, maybe there's nothing left to discover. In this case, there is something to find, and it's what drives the story forward. It's what gives it a bit of a plotting feel at times, and an honest one, one in which, let's be honest, in the midst of a mystery or a case, who knows what's going to tip you off, and along the way, there's a lot of things that won't, and how do you get from that point to any kind of significance? Well, Rorschach discovers and reveals what that journey is like, what the meaning is behind what's uncovered, and how it is that sometimes the most complicated stories have as much simplicity as complexity. With that, it's a great reason for me to uh, let you know that for this second half of those five out of five books, man, was this a great one to go ahead and, uh, and kick things off. Something that I really enjoyed this time around was picking up some great stuff that for me just felt so fresh, so original, so amazing. And uh, when it comes to <laughs> one of the things that I think really made that difference, I'm going to be talking about Infinite Frontier. Um, I mean, for starters, the way it begins for me is an absolute delight. Um, there is something fun about unlocking multiverse as we understand it now, as we, well, let's just say as we think we understand it. And then there's all the great discoveries we can have in the attempt to understand it. I'm not saying we always get it, but man, we, we try, right? We, we, we maybe get close. Okay, maybe we don't, but... <laughs> Knowing what the universe is now and what can be done about it and what can't and also what it is that we should expect in the future. Well, with the multiverse, there are so many things that you get the chance to discover. And because of that, you also get the chance to sort of just hop on, buy a ticket, catch a ride. Um, Infinite Frontier picks up after the events that transpired in stories like um, Dark Knight's Death Metal um, and how it is that so much about the multiverse and the layers uh, surrounding it and intertwined with it connect with the world and the characters we know and love and the worlds that they inhabit. Infinite Frontier is helmed by Joshua Williamson, who is just kind of everywhere on so many DC titles, which can be a lot of fun considering how well he does. Um, the final issue displayed the art of Zermanico, the colors of Romulo Fajardo Jr., the letters of Tom Napolitano, Mitch Gerard's on the cover, and a multiversal journey, one that even brings in one of my favorite characters, The Flash, 
one that shows us just how far things have come since the events of Dark Knight's Death Metal and so many others that touch upon the multiverse. Let us know it's there. Let us see just what it is that it's doing and how it is that even though we don't always have stories that take place there immediately, these are worlds and lives that have continued for so, so long. And their existence, their importance is shared in Infinite Frontier and I think gradually ingrained in the mind of the reader. And because of that, not only do we get this uh, amazing gift, but we also have the chance to challenge so many of the fun things that Sure, we think we know, um, sure, that we uh, might believe we understand as well as we do. And then uh, I think there's that, that great feeling of recognition when great writers come in, show you something completely new and different, and we're all forever changed because of it. So that was uh, choice number six now for number seven i decided to go with an amazing book that really is quite phenomenal i'm talking about superman's son of kal-el this book really blew me away when it first appeared it showed me tom taylor is the guy we came to know through things like injustice and other books but had who has gradually shown us more and more exciting ideas and Superman, Son of Kal-El, is one of them. The uh, art that he is able to share his story through is created by John Timms with colors by Gabe Eltabe. Dave Sharp on the letters, John Timms on the cover. Superman will soon be taking on a new adventure, new journey. And that means his son, Jonathan, will be stepping into fill his shoes and that because of this he will become Earth Superman. He's already shown how he cares about things because of who he is, because he's had a father who is a superhero and the lessons he's experienced dealing with a grandfather who, well, let's just say has sometimes questionable actions <laughs> and a mother who is a determined and fearless investigator. John's understanding of the world is different from his father's because he was conceived and born there, unlike Kal-El who always felt like an outsider and that the status he had as an outsider limited what he could or should be doing. John does not have those same limitations and he has so much of the powers, perhaps even greater powers than his father. John quickly establishes himself through Tom Taylor as a man complete and of his own and also one who is independent in his choices, in relationships, in beliefs, in actions, everything from getting arrested to going into global conflict and international conflict with a dictator. It's an amazing story. It's one that I feel is only just begun, and I think it set its sights on accomplishing some amazing things in the future. So, if you haven't read it yet, I would consider putting Superman, Son of Kal-El on your list for 2022. I have a feeling it's going to be, well, making some continued appearances. For my next choice, I decided to go with Nightwing that has recently been taken over by Tom Taylor. That's right, two Tom Taylor books, back to back. You can't stop me. Why would you even want to try, right? <laughs> um, Taylor's take, the Nightwing uh, leaping into the light. I mean, it's such a bright and fresh view on Dick Grayson. Nightwing's gone through some really tough times uh, recently, you know, getting shot in the head by the KG Beast, losing his memory, creating a new identity as uh, Rick Grayson, uh, being manipulated by other characters, being forced to 
potentially become a talon and so many other things. And now that he's back, the sort of fierce, bright light that he is, is one of those things that is illuminating the DC universe in a way that I'm not sure anyone could really predict. Um, <laughs> and if they did, they would probably find themselves wanting. But this story has shown the passion that Nightwing has for Bloodhaven, the loyalties he still shares with the Bat family, the divide that that is always creating in his life. And it is also setting up for us, I think, man, what an amazing potential Nightwing has. And if he can even come close to scratching the surface of his dreams, well, I think the reader is going to be really blessed to enjoy that, experience it, and, man, be inspired by it. Now, I'm going to do things a little differently for my next two. For uh, 9 and 10, I decided to go ahead and take a look at two categories that have really demonstrated the excellence DC is commanded recently. The first is going to be their future state line, which just about broke the bank and the wallet for a lot of collectors recently. But the glimpses into the future were harrowing and haunting and powerful. They gave us the glimpse into Superman's desire to go to War World and fight for a people that most thought no longer existed, to showing us a new Aquaman with the offspring, Andy, of Arthur Curry and Mira. The apocalyptic world that Swamp Thing stories take place in, the overwhelming threat of the Magistrate in the Batman stories, the new Batman written by John Ridley. It was all really wonderful stuff. and. It's actually why I feel like so many great books that are only now just beginning will be potential top 10 list makers coming up uh, coming up soon, to say the least. I also want to, in this category, I'm going to kind of combine the future state with the one-shots, the unbelievable... 80-page giants that DC has put out this year, as they have in the past recently. And their phenomenal work, the collection of stories, the amazing collaborations of artists and writers, the gift they are to fans. It's been phenomenal. Now for category number 10, the one thing I would like to talk the most about is the other history of the DC Universe great project by John Ridley that I think works hand in hand with the work that he's doing on the next Batman and how it is that through these stories he's showing us a different way of looking at the DC universe of the characters that are in it and how it is that very few of them have had stories that featured their sense of the world and the way they have experienced the history that we might all know so well from crossovers like Crisis on Infinite Earths and so many others, and how these characters, if they're, and often they are not, main players in those stories, still have lives that are affected by them, and how when we get the chance to see DC's history through their eyes, we can understand the complications and the challenges, as well as the beliefs and the values. And then through that, we also have a chance to see just, just what it's like when later characters who have positively or adversely affect their lives come into their sphere of action, of who knows what. But in doing so, we get the chance to understand how relationships between these characters might be what we expect, might be very different from what we expect, but how through this, our understanding of the DC Universe is even that much more expanded. It's been a fairly amazing 
2021. And I think 2022 only has more in store for us all. I can't wait to share more with you here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Look forward to uh, kicking things off with our first set of books from 2022. And then all of the great books that we have awaiting us. And we know they're out there. Thanks so much for hanging out and joining me for this top 10 edition of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 132. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. It's been a pleasure and a joy. I hope I get to see each and every episode in 2022. Make sure you never miss an episode of the Spinner Rack by subscribing on whatever platform you're listening to. This way you can not only enjoy upcoming new fresh episodes, but you know, explore all the ones that have come before and let us know what you like and don't like, changes you suggest, and all that fun stuff. How can you do that? Go on your favorite social media platform, use the at symbol in DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. When you do, you will let us know what you're thinking. Let us know anything you want us to know and we get to have a great conversation with you in the process so drop us a line send us a note can't wait to do it can't wait to talk with you about all the great stuff we get to do on here and remember when you subscribe to listen to us you get all of the original content from the dc comics news weekly podcast to episode by episode shows and so much more but you heard this in the ad break not sure well subscribe now and find out hey Thanks for making 2021 a great year. I can't wait to see what 2022 has in store for you, me, and all of us. And uh, I'm glad we get to connect here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Until next time, as we say every time, always read more comics. Bye now.